Welcome back. Welcome back once again, ladies and gentlemen. We are here with you, your uh, esteemed hosts, myself, Nate Yanez, my co-host, Yvonne Trejo. Yvonne, say hello to the people. Que pedo, weyes! We are coming to you uh, on a Thursday, um, a little before the Chiefs kick off against the Denver Broncos. Uh, we probably won't talk about that game much today. Um, we've been beating on the Broncos pretty steadily. Um, we're going to overlook them. Hopefully the Chiefs uh, do not, uh, if, if everything holds to form, they won't. And it should be a relatively um, easy victory this evening. What we'd like to start talking about this week, next ne- Sunday, you mean? Sunday? Yeah, that'll play today. Today's Buffalo and um, 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 Tampa Bay. Oh, I was looking at the Buffalo game, and that's why I had uh, Thursday on the mind. Um, right, 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 right. But uh, either way, we're going to start off today with the wide receiver talk. Um, it's been the hot topic of the Chiefs all season long. It'll continue to be the hot topic, especially after um, you know the uh, the you know you send your boy away. He he gets all grown up. He gets paid, and then he comes back home. Um, (laughs) we're very happy to have you and we're very happy you got paid uh, especially not by us and and i mean again getting paid is is a relatively um loose it's i don't know it's that's not really exactly what he did i don't necessarily think i I think he got like paid like a million dollars to be honest so he wasn't he got really. A four million, he got a four million dollar deal, and, okay. and he got like three million of it uh, signing bonus. So all we're picking up is like a bit of a, a bit of roster bonus money and the rest of his salary, which I th- I'm pretty sure all the reporting I saw was like less than a million dollars. Right, right, it was a little under dollars for us. So great deal for the Chiefs in Veach we trust, um, and and this just kind of shows. You know, one of the things I want to talk about here after we talk about the, the wide receivers, but it all kind of ties in. I, I said it a couple of weeks ago. The season's just really weird. The top of the AFC is really weird. And this Chiefs offense, honestly, is kind of weird. Um, it's one of the things that I, I was watching some videos on YouTube this weekend. And, and one of the themes that kind of popped out um, and I saw some talk about Hunter Renfro. And one of the themes that, that popped out was the reason Renfro has gone from like a thousand yard slot receiver to basically nothing in the offense in, in uh, Vegas now is because he is a Travis Kelsey type of route runner where the quarterback trusts him to be where he's supposed to be, but it may not always look the right way. And what we know about the Chiefs, and Travis Kelsey, if you pay attention to this team or have over the past few years, is stuff doesn't always happen in rhythm. It, they, they've kind of hop, skip, jump around. They're, they're like a jazz band. You know, they're like they're, they're, they're channeling 18th and Vine where the beat doesn't always follow the beat. You know, it kind of hops and bounces around. And McCall Hardman, I think, is one of the, those kind of weird fits, right? Like you, you put him in now, I think partially the Aaron Rodgers deal and Randall Cobb being Aaron Rodgers' best friend probably had a little bit to do with him not being on the field quite that much, but Mm -hmm. it honestly doesn't surprise me that he didn't really crack the roster. He seems like the type of guy to me who um, you have to have trust in him 
and just put him on the field because you know that eventually he he can, uh, if not will, make that big play for you. And man, it, it felt felt good to see him make a big play in his first week back. What are your thoughts on McCall back to the Chiefs? Um, I think it was a no brain. I mean, Brett Beach is known and the Chiefs are pretty much known for doing this throughout the season. I mean, throughout several seasons, it's this uh, high, high risk, low reward or uh, high uh, reward, low risk um, uh, players that they seem that they always seem to pick up. You know, people like that, and McColl was just the next the next target uh, this year. It seemed like um, I, I think everybody had been screaming to get a wide receiver. I think, like you said, it was the hot topic uh, everywhere in Kansas City. I don't necessarily think it was a hot topic anywhere outside of Kansas City because the Chiefs are still winning. Um, but I think everybody sees that. Um, it, or that they need somebody else besides Travis Kelsey catching the ball. or Because, um, I mean, they don't have a necessarily a number two. We have a lot of, I feel like, number threes or fours. Um, and I feel like McCall Harmon is, I mean, just, he knows the system. He It's a plug and play. You saw him come in and, you know, make catches. He made one catch for first down. I think he made two catches, if I'm not mistaken. Or he had two targets, and uh, he made that first down catch, and then he had that huge uh, punt return. Um, so yeah, I think he'll definitely help out. Um, um, I, I don't. It's it's kind of like a oh, okay cool type situation. Uh, I was one of those, and I always have been, and I continue to will be one of the people that says that we need uh, you know a wide receiver in in here. Um, so it was good to see somebody else come in here. I don't necessarily think that's the people, that's the person that, or the player that we wanted, but it's, it's the one that we got. And like I said, it made sense. He knows the roster. Um, it's, it's a low risk, high reward type situation. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and I think that kind of what you're saying is, is kind of, uh, the point that I was making too, where, this Chiefs offense, I totally agree. We need a, a guy. We need the dude who just, like, that guy is a wide receiver and he could go play anywhere. And Tyreek was essentially that guy for us, um, even though he is kind of the – he is a singular type of player in this league. There really isn't anybody who can emulate and do the things that Tyreek Hill does. He plays the game in a very specific way to himself taking advantage of all his talents, but that, but that type of player, that archetype of guy that you could take Tyreek off of this offense, the chiefs offense out of Miami, you could plug him in any offense and you know what he is capable of. He's a, a true number one. He's the dude. And there mm-hmm. are those, there are a handful of those that, you know, that's where the uh, who's the best wide receiver in the league. That's where that kind of gets to me. It, it kind of gets washed out because you know, for a certain offense, it may be Diggs, uh, it may be Jefferson, it may be Cooper Cup, it may be Keenan Allen. All these guys are capable of being that dude. And yeah, I think- but the thing, the thing about all those dudes that you just mentioned, I think 
Um, the thing that's the same thing about them is they're all pretty much the same body type. Like you look at all of them and they're all the same receiver pretty much. They're well, I mean, all Diggs is a shorter, smaller receiver. Keenan Keenan Allen is a big body, slower receiver. Cooper Cup is six two. Like he's a bigger receiver than than what people think. They're all a little bit different, but there it doesn't matter. Like size really doesn't matter. The point I'm making is those guys are clear number one wide receivers. They're clear number one targets for your quarterback to to throw the ball to. And what we've been aching for in Kansas City is that type of a guy to offset Travis Kelsey. And what we've done so far and why the the Hardman move makes sense is, well, if we can't find that dude to bring in here, then let's find a bunch of guys that that we can take advantage of their skill set. And for me, Hardman was one of, if not the best uh, jet sweep guys in the league. That's such a niche thing and such a weird uh, play to like pick out somebody being really good at. But in the Chiefs offense, that motion, that stuff is super impactful. It, it impacts everything that the defense does and how basically all the guys will react to the start of a play. And they've shut that play down since McColl left. When we did it with Tony last year, it was mildly successful. He never really had that huge big play that McColl seemed to be capable of producing every so often. Um, so I think that it kind of, it's not a huge lift, but you know, adding a piece of ice into your glass of water, the water level rises a little bit. That That's kind of the feel that I get is adding McColl in just kind of raises the level now of the entire room just a little bit more. And we don't really need a ton because we're um, so lucky to have a dude named Patrick Mahomes and a dude named Travis Kelsey playing on this team. So um, I think Rasheed Rice, to me, is the closest thing that we've got to that number one target at the wide receiver position. Um, he is really rounding into shape. Well, uh, Mahomes clearly looks for him and in big moments, uh, that touchdown pass that he caught last weekend. Oh my gosh, that was, that was a thing of beauty. Um, but overall, I think the easy way to encapsulate the chiefs wide receiver core this year is, we kind of know what we got, you know, yeah. um, Tony is Tony. Like if you watch him play enough, you know what you're going to be getting out <laughs> of Kadarius Tony. If you watch MVS play enough, he's underachieving for the pay level that he's got, but he is exactly what you should expect MVS to be. He's been in the league for a while now. He's almost 30 years old. We know what this guy is. He, he's put it out there on film year after year after year. He's a high level energy guy and capable of, um, being somebody that Mahomes looks to uh, in in a pinch, um, Justin Watson, kind of the same thing. Like we we know what he is. I don't really see Justin Watson evolving much from from where he is here. As like man, he is a rock solid, incredible number four, more than competent number three wide receiver. But that's really all he is, and that's kind of what MVS is, and it's kind of what Kadarius Tony feels like, and. You know, poor Sky Moore. I, I don't know. I don't know what to think about Sky Moore. Sometimes I watch him play on the field. And I'm like, man, he looks so good. But 
there's nothing ever comes of it. And I need to go and watch the film and see what, what the hell is actually happening with him out there um, playing and play out. Is, is he, is he just not the right read on a route? Is he just, you know, is he messing up? Is it timing? Um, But you know, the state of the wide receiver room is, I still think we need to make a move for somebody uh, if it's all possible. And I'm not really sure that it is this year, but I've got a short list of guys. Um, if uh, you want to start talking about potential um, trade targets that are out there, if you don't have anything else you so, want to say about the wide receivers. Yeah, before before we get to that, I kind of wanted to bring up something to you that I've been looking at for the past few days. And today I kind of dug deep a little bit more into it. And I was and, – and I'm kind of actually glad that Josh is not here to join us. No, no offense to Josh. Um, would love to have him back anytime soon. But I know that anytime I say anything negative about the Chiefs or anything like that, he immediately goes to uh, calling me a Chief hater. But I feel like, honestly, since the Chiefs are my second team, I feel like – I can rationalize like um, good stuff and bad stuff, I guess, uh, whenever I, I feel like for some reason, like um, I'm a, everybody knows me that knows me, I guess I should say knows that I grew up uh, a Cowboys fan. So uh, for some reason, I feel like I can't national not necessarily rat nationalize um, like the Cowboys state because it's every year I'm I'm one of those people every year you know we're, we're gonna do it you know we're gonna do it we got and I feel like it's they got they do a very good job of getting those those players that we were just talking about you know that are very much the number one uh uh clear-cut you know number one receivers yeah, it's pretty clear uh, Jerry, you know, like Jerry desires a number one big, you know, wide receiver target. Um, that is something he believes in to help his team be successful. That's clear for, for Dallas. Yep. But every year is is surely disappointment. Um, but so it, it, it's kind of hard for me to necessarily uh, trust in the Cowboys or even, even necessarily um, – to be a honest, uh, be like a true, a, a true non-skeptical or a non-fan with the Cowboys. Every year for me, they're going to win it. But this is besides the point. Um, one thing that I was looking at um, is Brett Beach's draft picks since he's been here. And I know everybody's saying that uh, in reach we trust and everything – and I necessarily I do agree because obviously he's gotten us to two Super Bowls um, and, you know, five straight AFC championships. But, bro, it, it, so this is one thing that I will say that he's very good at. I think he uh, drafts players. He, uh, the, his ability to draft talent towards the end of the draft is incredible. Um, what I'm looking at is a lot of the players that he's drafted since he's been here towards the end of the draft. Um, he's done a really good job, but one thing that I've noticed, um, this is the thing that, that made me start researching is that I feel like, um, if not most of the players, if not all of the players that, that, that he's drafted are, are working like 
work in progress type of guys. Like we have, I feel like we have yet to have a guy that he's drafted that it's like, boom, plug and play type stuff. We start him number one and he starts doing it and he starts making impact. Um, people obviously will say Patrick Mahomes, but I will argue that, you know, we set him a whole year before we even, um, before we even started him. So again, kind of, and then everybody said that he was uh, a work in progress type of guy. So I, obviously we can't necessarily say what he could have done had we started on week one. Um, but I will get, you know, and I will even give you Patrick Mahomes, but if, if we're going down and look like who, who's the next guy that, um, that you think, I mean, Kareem Hunt, um, you know, that that's the type of guy that's that we drafted that, that made a, a straight impact on, on the team. Well, um, especially, obviously, especially on the offensive side, I, I kind of agree there on the defensive side. He seems nailed. Most for of the sure. it, guys that he gets, they can come in and make an impact or if they're not making an impact year one, it's it's year two for sure. But on the offensive side. Um, it's kind of like I like the point you made—the work in progress thing. Where and he, and, and yeah, sorry to cut you off, but like the thing where I was just pretty much trying to make the point is like, who who is the best wide receiver that he's drafted? Like McCole Hardman? Like is that really the best wide receiver that we've gotten since 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 drafted? And 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 honestly, McCole Hardman, I I know everybody everybody loves McCall Harmon, you know, and he's done some great jobs, but I will always, in my mind, necessarily, I don't want to say not like him or anything like that, but um, there will always be that um, asterisk for me because I know who we could have got instead of McCall Hardman. And and then it's somebody that I, that he stood out in the, in the combine and, and definitely somebody that was out there uh, after McCall Harmon, and and now he's balling with Seattle, and that's DK Metcalf, um, and then that's exactly the type of player that, that we've been screaming for here. So I mean, if you're if you we're going back, you know, so he, he started being the GM in 2017. Um, Janu Cheston he drafted in the fourth round in 2017. Uh, Tremon Smith, he drafted in the sixth round in 2018. Um, Nicole Hardman in the f- second round in 2019. Uh, you know, Cornell Powell in the fifth round in 21. Uh, Sky Moore last year or two years ago. And I mean, I guess again, work in progress with Rashid Rice. We'll wait to see, you know, how he does, but um. To me, it's like, like you said, great defensive players, and especially towards the back end. And last year, obviously, he killed it all. Uh, I feel like you you look at that whole draft pick and everybody, I feel like, besides uh, um, that seventh round, the very last pick, that Nessie Johnson, everybody pretty much contributed to that Super Bowl win. Yeah. so, I mean, like you said, kudos to him. But again, like his inability to draft good good wide receivers, it's something that 
Um, I have been screaming for, you know me, I have been screaming to get a good wide receiver. And whenever you put it in front of me like that, bro, it's, it's looking like it's, it's, it doesn't make me necessarily feel any better in the future per se. No, I, uh, I totally get what you mean. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, you're so good at one side of it that, and because he's been pretty good about bringing in um, free agents and making moves to shore up the areas that he hasn't hit on, um, that he, you know, in Veach we trust still. Um, mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, no GM is going to get every single pick right. But Right, right. And, 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 but to keep having these um, – players that are that are coming onto the team that aren't meeting the expectation level and it's like okay well if if you're telling me that it's uh well the chief's offense is difficult to learn and difficult to get good at then it's like okay if you know if we know that if that's a thing that everybody knows then why aren't we doing anything to try and help offset that why are we mm-hmm. you know, why why can i look around the league and see player like Chicago can figure out how to get DJ Moore the ball. Like they're, you know what I mean? Tutu out while Puka Nakua show up in, in LA and they're immediately producing. Uh, you know, you look at Detroit and it's like Amon Ross St. Brown's their best wide receiver. And, you know, other teams are able to squeeze a little more juice out of their, their wide receiver core. Um, but, you know, ultimately we've got to keep reminding ourselves that this team that we're complaining about right now for not uh, meeting the expectations of wide receivers is the best team in the NFL right now. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and and, and, for the last four or five years. So like, right. We get it guys. We get it. Or if you're complaining about this, but it's like, just because you're that good doesn't mean we shouldn't keep yeah, have it, our expectations at a certain level. And when you got, three second round receivers that are fighting for the number three slash number four wide receiver role. That is something that you should look at with a questioning eye and say, what, what's going on here? What the methodology that we're using to select receivers doesn't seem to be the best methodology that we're using. Yeah. And like, this definitely feels like, you know, like first world problems that we're talking about here, you know, um, uh, definitely since, you know, we, we're in a, like you said, seven game winning streak, two Super Bowls. And, and that like, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to start with that. And also when I wanted to end with, um, in, in Vich, I, I still trust in Veach, maybe not necessarily now looking at it, his ability to try to wide, wide receivers, but it's hard to argue with obviously with what he's doing because of the results, um, I just feel, and and I guess I imagine what the team could look like if we had one of those players alongside with them. And without us, I mean, we necessarily have to, um, you know, keep him the whole ten years that we have him here. But like, let's have him here on his rookie deal and then get get rid of him like we did Tyreek Hill type stuff. I would be okay with that. I would be completely okay with that if we do that. You know, two or three times throughout Patrick Mahomes career, but um, I, I, I will always scream, you know, be, be the, be the chauffeur of the, let's get a good, a, a pretty good wide receiver 
bus. That would always that would always be I would always be the chauffeur. Well, and a part of this, front. a part of this is I think for me, it's like when we didn't have Kelsey, and when Kelsey isn't a hundred percent, what do we do? Yeah, if, but if Noah also, Gray ain't replace. You know, nobody's gonna replace what Kelsey did. But it's like where does where do those sorts of creative um, over the middle of the field big plays come from? outside of of travis and and right now rasheed mm-hmm. yeah and also like i know game one like it, it's also such a huge asterisk on that one on that one because we were missing uh chris jones and um uh, to be honest like we we could have we had a chance a lot of our, of our receivers dropped the ball in that one you know so it kind of i mean i guess it goes back to what we were saying um but you know, Patrick, I feel like we're what we're doing right now is we're reliving the uh, – we're seeing a better version, I feel like, of the Patriots because this is exactly – we're taking, you know, we're taking straight out of their – a page out of their book where um, they, they didn't necessarily get anybody. They didn't necessarily draft anybody worth the damn – while the whole time there, I feel like the most iconic wide receiver that Tom Brady played with was Tom Brady or, or uh, Randy Moss. And that was a pickup from, you know, the Raiders, I believe, um, or Tennessee. I, I can't remember where they picked him up, but, you know, he everybody was pretty much calling him done, you know, washed. So, I mean, he had they had Dion Branch early on, but didn't. You know, and then Edelman and Gronk are pretty much like but but that's pretty much it as far but, as like really good offensive weapons that that i can think of off the top of my head that they drafted but that's exactly what i'm saying is like we're pretty much taking a page out of their out of their book by great tight end hall of famer tight end with with travis kelsey and and gronk and then yeah towards the end they got uh edelman but you know edelman didn't come until what ring five six I think he got three. I think he got the last three. So, but he, he but two, he got two or three rings in New England with Tom. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and even even then, like it's hard to say. Oh, you know, get get a guy like Edelman because Edelman is not necessarily the I I. Well, Edelman was a seventh round pick. He was a quarterback in college. That's exactly what I mean. Like that's not like I I wouldn't necessarily want to say get a guy like Edelman because that's not what I've been what I've been saying this whole time. I you know. My my ideal wide receiver type is not even <clears throat> it's not even necessarily a body type, um, but obviously <clears throat> someone over six foot um, primarily, and then just fast as hell that can catch the ball, like make some space, give t- you know somebody that Patrick Mahomes can be like I you know if if I three people are going with him, I can for sure go to him. And now, like, again, it looked in like Rashid Rice is starting to be that guy, but I would like somebody that, you know, can come in here week one and do that. Absolutely. But, but again, that's that's also, you know, you know, just ask, might be asking for too much, I guess, you know, two Super Bowls and on our maybe way to the third, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I'm looking at the results of the the draft from the year that we took Sky Moore, and like the thing to me is, 
Like that's Sky, what, it, by like far right, his best draft. Right by before, far. right before Sky is kind of when the bottom falls off for actual productive wide receivers. Because after Sky, it's pretty much a hellscape. The next wide receiver taken after Sky Moore was Vellis Jones Jr. And then after that was Jalen Tolbert, and then David Bell, and then you're like middle of the next round for Eric Ezukanma. So there really wasn't like Khalil Shakir maybe he's looked okay in Buffalo, but the, I mean, right before sky, it's Alec Pierce who I love in Indianapolis. And then the pick before that, Oh my gosh, is George Pickens. That mm-hmm. would have been really nice. Um, Tyquan Thornton was taken by new England. And then you go a little bit earlier than that. And it's 11 picks before we were up um, was Wandale Robinson. That's that's in that tier of guys in that kind of area. All of those guys, I think, are better right now than Sky Moore. And that's kind of the point I was making earlier where, like, if Sky Moore gets cut by the Chiefs after next year or whatever, like, what's – he has not really shown anything on tape. You know what I mean? Like, he's destined to be kind of McColl where it's not like – Nobody wants you, but nobody really wants you. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll take you, but you're gonna you're gonna slot into a four million dollar deal. We might yep. give you eight million over two with three million and a signing bonus, and the rest of it is, you know, performance incentives. But that, like, that's kind of the point I think we're we're both trying to make is bring in some guys who seem to have some real talent. Um, and I'm getting to the point where. I, I would be more comfortable with them like making a big move next year and moving up to try and get one of the top tier wide receivers that's coming out, or if there's a tight end that they really love. But I kind of feel like, and we'll transition to the trade talk now. I kind of feel like this is more where I expect the real good piece for this offense to come from is I think Veach is good enough at working the trades that we could find a way to get a number one um, into Kansas City or just somebody who is maybe not a number one, but it's just better than most of the guys on the Didn't, roster right now. Right, right, right. And, and like has more potential to, to really flourish. Right. And um, which is, you know, necessarily not necessarily, uh, I mean, sorry, not necessarily saying much. Um, since, you know, uh, our wide receivers aren't necessarily that good this year. Um, but, uh, yeah, and I don't necessarily, and I think we, before we start this, this, this trade talk, I don't know how you feel. And I think, I think you feel necessarily the same way I do, but I don't necessarily think we have, uh, we're going to make another move for a wide receiver or for any other position, to be honest, because what the deadline is next week, uh, Halloween, I believe. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean, and I know I'm saying necessarily a lot, um, but that doesn't mean that we can play around. Um, you know, one of the uh, things that I very much enjoy is, um, and I know that Nate does very much, is – you know, uh, playing 
playing Madden with the NFL players per se. Uh, getting to see who I who can go where. I was literally just waiting to say like this is just a Madden moment. That's all this right. is. If you've ever played, right. if you've ever played Madden and you started a franchise and you click two guys in your deal and then you click generate offers and you just start going through to see what will people offer me for this guy or for this team. Um, so I pretty much agree a hundred percent. I don't really think that um, I don't see a big move coming for the chiefs, which is why I didn't really include a lot of big names. I don't really see a move coming at all. Kind of mm-hmm. like you, um, but if a move were to happen, these are more the type of uh, players that I think it would happen for. So without uh, further ado, the first guy that I put on my list uh, is Michael Wilson from Arizona. He has a uh, 60% success rate um, on his targets so far this season with a 78% catch rate. He has 15 first downs and two touchdowns on 21 catches so far this year. Um, so good production. And I really like a guy who can produce with Josh Dobbs and a creative offensive mind um, down there in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Khalif Raymond is next on my list. He, uh, when I did these numbers last week, he was at 71% success rate and an 82% uh, catch rate. Uh, after last week's game, he's up to 74% success rate and 84% catch rate. He has nine first downs and a touchdown on only 16 catches this year. Um, so those kinds of guys who I don't really think a team would want to get rid of these players, but I think if you put the right deal together, you could probably pry one of them away. And yeah, who does Khalif play for? Detroit. Okay, gotcha. Same thing. Creative offensive mind, good solid quarterback, um, just a good overall team. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have Nick Westbrook Akine from Tennessee. He's at 61% success rate, 70% catch rate. Eight first downs, two tutties on 16 catches so far this season. Um, this one is probably one of the longest shots, 2-2 Atwell. He's at 54% success rate, 61% catch rate. He has 19 first downs and three touchdowns on 26 catches this year. I believe he's only a second-year player, um, or he might be a rookie. But, he's uh, a rookie. But, like, I'm not – it kind of seems like with Puka – really blossoming there. Um, There might be potential to get him out of there with the right deal, but they traded Van Jefferson earlier. So I don't, I don't really know if they would, if they would let him go. Um, I had Josh Downs uh, on this list as well. Rookie player. He had his big week last week with Indy. So he's totally out of this conversation. Now, some of the vets that I have, um, these would be tougher to pull off because of cap numbers, essentially. Mm Mm-hmm. Michael Thomas, 56% success rate, 63% catch rate, 18 first downs, got his first tutty um, last week, 34 catches so far on the season. Uh, a guy who's been the number one and now isn't, I think is a that, that's kind of a valuable type of guy to have in your locker room to really help everybody see, like, you got to work so hard to get there. And if you're not, you know, anything can take it away, but then you got to work just as hard to – keep your spot and stay in this league. I think that's a good story for him. Uh, Cortland Sutton, I've loved. It's He just plays for Denver. So who knows? Maybe after this week, um, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. after the game, the GMs get together and they, they do a little uh, a deal. 
but 61% success rate, 72% catch rate, 17 first downs, five tutties, only 31 catches on the year. So over <laughs> could, half his catches are going for first down. I, I'm not mad at that. Could you imagine uh, like a scenario where like they do in baseball where you're just going to stay here, uh, Cortland, go ahead, like after the game. Yeah, like, just go don't ahead. leave. Just go ahead. Just go ahead. <laughs> just We're like halfway through the third quarter. There. He, that's the coordinator. <laughs> he'll, he'll take you to the, to the temp apartments that you can stay at. <laughs> You know, like in that halftime, be like, actually, buddy, why don't you go ahead and go to the other, uh, to the other sideline? Portland, why are you going into the Broncos locker room? You need to go into the We traded you. We traded you. Bro, that would be freaking hilarious because I know they do that shit in baseball sometimes where, like, after the game, you literally stay wherever, like, because they're trading to that team, you know, so you stay there for, for, you know, from now on type shit. So. I know they've done that before. It would be fucking hilarious to see that in the NFL. Anyways, continue. Curtis so, uh, number six. Curtis Samuel's next on the list. Yeah, um, he's got a decent role right now in Washington. Clearly, the enemy connection there is part of why I leaned into this one. Um, uh, Dot Doxon was there. I believe he was a first round pick or a high second round pick wide receiver that they had took a couple of years ago, and he's kind of faded out in the offense. Um, so you're kind of banking on, you know, hey, this guy's more of a vet. Don't you want to try and, and grow your rookie a little more in this role? He was at 61% success rate. He dropped to 54% after last week's game. He was at an 87% catch rate. He dropped to 80% after the game. 15 first downs, two touchdowns, 31 catches on the year. Um, I think the success rate and the catch rate stuff, he's getting the ball thrown to him from Sam Howell. So I give him a break on some of those. Now, essentially my wet dream. Um, this this <laughs> okay. is, this is the, the player that I would just love to see in a chief's uniform. And with this coaching staff, especially the style of offense that we run. Um, I've talked about this guy before last year, but Corderell Patterson, hey. he is basically riding the bench. He had, uh, before last week with the weird Bijan stuff, he had one carry and two catches and one first down. He had a 100% success rate and a 100% catch rate. He had 11, uh, excuse me, 10 carries over the weekend. Um, he had an 18-yard run. He popped two first downs on runs. And he had an 18, uh, a 5.1-yard per carry average. So it's like, the dude still has all the juice and he was drafted as a wide receiver kick returner. And then he kind of voluntarily turned himself into a running back. He's been successful at all of it. And part of the stuff that early in his career bit him for the wide receiver side, I think are things that aren't going to be huge detriments in the chief's Jersey. Um, and he's a vet and he's savvy and he's a pass catcher and he breaks tackles and creates after the run which is something that i think we could use a little bit more of um he's a bigger body he's a thicker dude he, you know he's he's more of a hoss than any of the wide receivers we have um outside of maybe like justin ross and after this week who really knows um what usage he's going to get after the off the field stuff um you know, and he's a young guy anyways. And then the last guy on the name, uh, the man with my favorite gritty in the league, 
Uh, I don't know if you saw him hit it again uh, this past weekend on his game-winning touchdown catch, but Mike Gesicki. Oh, Mike my Gesicki, fucking God. Mike Gesicki to me is if you were to make a mold of Travis Kelsey, just like raw skill set, I'm not sure that there's a tight end in the league that would fit that mold better than what that's not same talent level i don't think they're the same talent level but like when you look at how travis plays tight end and then you look at all tight ends in the league mike Kosicki and travis kelsey play tight end very very similarly they don't play it like george kittle they don't play it like mercedes lewis they don't even really play it like sam laporta or pat fryermuth or tj hawkinson they're just a little bit different. They're, they skew far more to the wide receiver type of tight end than they do the blocking type. That's more what I mean. So the mold of, of Gasicki, I think, fits well. And he's really athletic. Um, that's part of what I love. He's a big body, a big target, has really good hands. But didn't find a lot of love last year in Miami because he um, isn't the world's greatest blocker, which... A lot of people have accused Travis Kelsey of, and he's gotten much better at it over his career. Um, but we have a Noah Gray. We have a, a Jody Fortson in the background. We have a Blake Bell. So it's kind of the same thing. We have all these other guys, so we don't always have to ask Travis to do that tight end shit. Mm-hmm. That sort of a mold, that type of a player um, just seems like a real. Cordero Patterson and Mike Kosicki, to me, are two of the, like, purest Andy Reid type of dudes that I can see out there possibly being available um, on the market, you know, during the season or maybe after the season. Um, yeah. So uh, I think Cordell Patterson, like you said, I don't think Mike Gusecki necessarily um, gets traded anytime soon just because, I mean, like you said, he just scored a touchdown and it looks like he's uh, doing very well over there in New England. Um, I think Cordell Patterson would be a great choice um, just because it's one of those uh, Brett Veach, uh, like we just talked about, high risk, low reward. That's or, a uh, Brett Veach special uh, right there. Low reward, yeah. high risk type stuff. Exactly. He just seems like a special um, obviously Michael Thomas, I, I feel like he definitely has some juice and would be, I would love to see how he can do with the offense like here, because, um, I know Chris Olave is the number one there, but I still think like he gets targeted. I, I see the number one there. So it's hard for him to get, uh, to get, uh, balls, you know, to get targets, obviously love Tutu Atwell. He was drafted in 2021, by the way. Um, but the one guy the I would say out of the, the list, I love the list, by the way. I think they are all great, and I think you did a great job putting it together. The one guy who I would say if I would, out of the 10, um, if I would like to see come here in Kansas City and someone who I would love I was liked for a while, actually, is Curtis Samuel um, out of Washington. I've actually had my eyes on him. Um for a few years now, I know the, the his rookie year he came in, and a lot of people compared him to Debo Samuel. Um, and I know it, 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 it with in Washington, um, it, it's kind of hard to get situated because uh, you know they they've been using different quarterbacks, different uh, uh, coaches. So I know everybody uses everybody different. So 
But I know that Curtis Samuel has always been a player that I've always liked and actually uh, had my eye on. And funny enough, I picked him up last year or last week in fantasy because he was supposed to be doing something and he didn't do anything. So I dropped him again. <laughs> well, there is there is another name that I that I'll mention um, that I didn't, but I don't think it's a realistic possibility because I'm not sure the Giants would trade us another wide receiver, but I love Darius Slayton. He's been my, yeah. he's been one of my like wide receiver crushes for basically mm-hmm. his entire career. Um, I've j- I just love the way he plays. I think he's really productive for what he is. Uh, he's just kind of wallowing uh, on the Giants roster without having a real opportunity to, um, to shine real bright. Um, I'm glad you mentioned uh, lack of expectations for Curtis Samuel because I want to harp on once again how insanely weird this NFL season has been. Um, It's been super weird. You know, the Browns beat the Colts in a shootout, the highest scoring game of the weekend. Everybody saw that coming, right? Right? Deshaun Watson gets knocked out and he's ready to come back and he's cleared to come back, but now nah, we're good. And, but no, his shoulder hurts, but no, it doesn't. It's fine, but he needs surgery, but no, he doesn't. It's fine. Like what is going on? The Bills mm. lost to the Patriots this weekend. We just talked That's, about the yeah. that tutty like, Oh my gosh. And then did you hear Josh Allen's comments after the game? Yeah. The uh, low positive. Yeah. Where, well, where he was like, if we knew how to fix it, we'd already be fixing it. Like, I don't know what the hell is wrong. Like, what is <laughs> yeah. going on out there? Yeah. Uh, you got the Bijan thing in Atlanta where apparently he was sick and he wasn't able. So they held him out until they didn't in the fourth quarter when they decided to give him like three carries. So it's like, three carries. wait, was he not like, why are you playing him now? Like, so from, from what I gathered, I don't know if this is true or not. He had a headache, so he didn't feel right. Uh, so he didn't play. Until well, the, what I read was he had a, he had a migraine and started to feel bad on Saturday night and let the coaches know. And then Sunday morning, he hadn't really gotten to feeling any better. So they were like, all right, no big deal. We just won't play you today. We'll hold you out so you can get healthy. But then that's where I'm like, well, then. So like, then why'd you play him right? Right. Jamie came to you like at halftime and was like, yeah, coach, I'm, I'm good, man. Like headaches gone. I mean, I guess, but. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, I you mean, I, to- I, I know as a competitor, I would be. Definitely, as soon as I felt better, screaming to get back in there. But um, I know the the NFL is investigating the whole thing. But yeah, just I, I just like you, I it left a weird taste in my mouth. That's for damn sure. So here's something that was really funny, right? Is uh, the internet kind of came at Arthur and was like, "You can't fuck with Vegas, dude." Like, but did you know this about Arthur Smith? Do you know who Arthur Smith's father was? Um, Mr. Smith? Yes. He was also the CEO of FedEx. Arthur oh, Smith okay. is a legit billionaire. Head coach oh. of the Atlanta Falcons. Arthur right, Smith, right, right. Uh, could literally do nothing for the rest of his life if he wanted to, but instead he is toiling away in Atlanta. Instead um, he's doing nothing he, in Atlanta. And he has been. And, well, I mean, he's been. He's a good offensive coordinator. It's just there's some weird decisions um, happening all over the league. So. You yeah, know, I I look up, I see the Steelers, um, uh, the Steelers beat the Rams, 
And my brain is like, well, how is that possible? But then I realized the Steelers are four and two this year. Like, yeah, bro. I thought they were bad. No, nah, they, they started good? off bad. You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, I watched the team and it, it just, the defense is phenomenal. The offense seems like they make the plays when they need to, but they don't the rest of the time. Exactly. <laughs> no, really that's weird. exactly. If you watch them, they're like, if I was a Steelers fan, bro, I would be, again, very frustrated if I was a Cowboys and Steelers fan because, God damn, they are frustrated. I remember last game I watched, it was very much like that. Like, I saw them play in preseason, and I was like, and I thought to myself that this team was going to be a team to reckon with, you know. But just like, just like you said, it feels like they don't make the plays until they have to, very much like the Bills where it's like, well, I guess now we have to start playing, so we probably should. Well, and then you look at, you go to Vegas, and, you know, don't fuck with Vegas unless you're a bear, apparently, and your dad can arm wrestle the world. So, you know, Bajan out, out there balling out in Chicago. It's like, where the hell was this? How, how are you guys getting to this now? Like, why did it take you so long to figure out how to score points? 30 to 12 in Vegas? Well, what like, is going on? Yeah, and like it's, I get the the Chicago situation, and uh, I mean you have a what they say um, a franchise quarterback, you know, so you got to give him give him a shot as much as you can. I don't, I, I, mean, I don't necessarily a feel quarterback out there playing though. No, and that's what the rookie I mean, backup I, seventh rounder or whatever that came in D two college star. You yeah. got to let Justin Field get get healthy and get right, but they figured out how to run an offense in Chicago somehow uh, in the last few weeks. Yeah. So you know, big ups to them for figuring that out. Um, and then there were some weird games where, which you thought were going to be really good matchups between uh, highly um, teams that are looked at as like top top end of the league, and the Ravens just kind of flat out embarrassed the Lions and. The Eagles, I wouldn't say, like, embarrassed the Dolphins. Um, but it was much more, like, maybe they did. But they did it in the, like, big brother beating his little brother in video games type of a, of a vibe. Whereas the Ravens just beat up the Lions. They just, you know what I mean? They made them kind of look mm-hmm. silly. 38-6, to six, and they probably could have done more. Lamar Jackson was insane. In that game, I don't know if you've gone back and watched like more of that game than than just the highlights. But even the highlights, man, um, Miami really surprised me, but kind of didn't. They had, I think, three offensive linemen that were injured. They lost a lineman during the game. Uh, they didn't have Xavier Howard. They thought they were going to have him, and they don't have Jalen Ramsey yet. And I'm sorry when you go against the Philadelphia Eagles. If you can't just put your corners on there, guys, and and kind of, okay, you guys need to take AJ and Devontae so that we can focus more on this run game. I think that had a lot to do with it. Um, but I was really surprised by the lack of uh, explosives and um, just the ability for Miami to kind of move the ball and um, look like they normally do. Uh, shout out to Philly. What a hell of a performance. Um you know, Jordan Love, whew, Packers fans, I don't feel sorry for you. Not even nope. a little bit. 
Not nope. You, you guys have been blessed. Welcome to or... what the NFL actually is. Welcome right. to what exactly. everybody else on every other team outside of the Patriots for a period of time has felt. You guys, mm-hmm. my entire life, have known nothing but Hall of Fame quarterbacks. So suck it. Yep. Jordan I, Love I, isn't I... even terrible. He's just not good. Right. <laughs> He's just not good. We, do you know the the years that I would have killed for a Jordan Love to be the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs? There's right. like a decade of my life that I wish we had a guy named Jordan Love or his right. couple quarterback in our team. So shut up. I don't want to hear it. Uh, what's uh, what's the girl? Um, try try. What's the girl that does the the week the weekly meetings? Annie. Oh, uh, Annie. Yep. Shout yep, out yep. to Annie. Um, I enjoy seeing her updates and the videos that she puts up of her. Um, wallowing and suffering and pain as a Green Bay Packers fan. Um, mm-hmm. I do feel like bad, but not, not really. Like I, I feel bad from a distance, you know, type yeah, stuff. Like, yeah. I'm still laughing at you. I'm still enjoying, right. I, I'm doing this. Like, it's like a friend. Like it's right? like, we're, when, we're there. You, like we've you been there. your toe. I don't want you to have broken it, but I'm going to point and laugh at you, Yvonne, because that shit was funny. It's like it's like if you're doing it's like a, a if a friend of yours was to fall in a race you're not gonna stop and help him out you're just gonna be like oh damn that sucks but you're gonna keep going you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. exactly yep. it's just it's so, like I I know the Green Bay is not necessarily our Green Bay Packers know, fans y'all like just that. fell on your face and the NFL is continuing to run uh, the rest <laughs> of the race while we all point and giggle at you. Um, exactly I don't necessarily want to say even the rest of the NFL but the Kansas City Chiefs for sure. Chiefs, yeah. I mean, some of the teams are falling right there with you. So, you know, don't. Mm-hmm. And some of them fell right before you guys. You guys were ahead of the teams that fell before you guys did. So, And then uh, the final weird game of the week that we'll talk about was uh, Minnesota apparently deciding to have a, a <laughs> phenomenal game, the game of their lives um, against San Francisco. Uh, Brock Purdy um, looking real Brock Purdy. In some people's mm-hmm. opinion, and uh, <laughs> looking Brock like Purdy looking really off in some looking other like Brock opinion. Purdy, not not bot Purdy. Yeah. Um, shout out Stephen Ruiz of the Ringer. Um, he got a bunch of crap for uh, he does these quarterback rankings where he kind of it's like, hey, I'm not I'm looking at these guys as how skilled are they individually, not how good are they in their offense. And people were real upset with him in the Bay Area over his ranking of Brock Purdy. And well, uh, then I believe the following two weeks after they questioned him on it, he's had like six interceptions and lost both games. So, yeah, and we're, we're actually getting ready to see what um, the offense looks like with a different quarterback because I'm pretty sure that he's not going to play and he's going to have Sam Darnold playing. So, yeah, I don't maybe think it, concussion protocol. I don't, I, it, if I remember correctly, no player that has gone into concussion protocol has cleared it for the following week's game. Right. So it's just going to be real interesting if if uh, Sam goes out there and balls out, you know, kind of like Sam has, you know, because I – and I, Yvonne, I very do you, much expect- you remember what I said in our off-season pod? I very much expect it to happen. You remember uh, what I warned the entire NFL about? Uh, the second coming, or I guess the third coming, the rise of Darnold. The rise, the rise of, Darnold. of Darnold in San Francisco. I said it in the offseason. Go back and listen. I told you. I'm telling you, at some point this season, something's going to happen. Somebody's going to get hurt. 
And Sam Donald's going to come in and it's going to be the best offense that he's ever been a part of. And like the most cohesive unity he's ever been a part of. And talent has never been an issue. Well, there we're, we're, might be, we might be seeing it now. Oh man. Bring on the chaos. Yeah. Please bring on the chaos. Uh, get your, get your popcorn ready. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's look ahead um, a little bit now. And uh, we're going to turn back around and talk about these dolphins again and, and our chiefs. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I know that we wanted to do is, like you said earlier in the podcast, we don't necessarily want to overlook um, the Denver Broncos, but we're going to overlook the Denver Broncos. Um, we can we have the luxury of doing that because all we do is talk about sports. Obviously, the Chiefs will play, but I mean, we can we can sit here and talk about Denver, but I feel like everybody feels. The same, you know. I feel like we're gonna go in there and beat them. And now, if if something, you know, dramatically happens that we don't expect to happen, we'll definitely come in here and talk about it next time. Um, but we wanted to take this time to. I feel like the Miami game is such a big game. Um, you know, I kind of want to take a little bit more time to talk about it. Well, and there's a lot that goes into it, right? Oh, you know, for you sure. Got, you've got. Um, Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey, both most likely scheduled to be back to that game. Um, you've got the lingering Tyreek potential injury, you know, Tua's comments the other day led a lot of, led to a lot of speculation where he was like, you know, we'll get Tyreek back when we get him back or something along those lines. Um, that kind of led people to think maybe there's something going on down there. Um, so a lot of moving parts heading into that matchup. And then you throw in on top of that, it's in Germany. Mm-hmm. So um, I expect the trend of this season to continue and it just to be weird. Um, Chiefs seem to only play in weird football games the past few years. So I expect that to absolutely happen once again um, in Germany. Um, I expect it to probably be a relatively high scoring game. Um, I think I, weirdly enough, I, I trust our secondary. So uh, Tyreek is going to, if Tyreek plays, he's going to do Tyreek things and we could probably bottle him to like 85, hundred yards receiving. The big thing for me is, um, uh, slowing down the run game. If you can mm-hmm. keep the run game from getting on track and force two would have beat you and you can kind of mean mug the receivers and, and disrupt a lot of the timing and the flow. Um, you lay a couple of big hits in the secondary on the receivers and, and maybe they have a little less interest in running those routes quite as hard through the whole rest of the game. Um, but I also could see this being like a 42 to 45, just absolute track me. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, let me ask you this question. Um, our defense has not allowed a team to score over. Does Miami, Miami score over 20? If they do, it's not all on offense. Oh, you think they'll have a pick, a pick six or something? Well, I could see something, like I said, weird game. I could see uh uh, punch out fumble picked up run back for a touchdown by their defense or a 
maybe a special teams, a big return or something like that. Um, oh, man. I don't think so. I, you don't I think don't. so? I, I think the – yeah, because I just – I trust our – I trust our secondary to not give up the real big play and the hustle level of this defense. When you watch defensive highlights of the chiefs, there's tons of guys coming from behind the play, right? So ball gets thrown 12 yards down the field. That, that means the linebackers and linemen are now behind that play. The amount of times you see one of our linemen or linebackers come flying in at the end of a play or even a secondary player from the other side of the field or whatever, like the the hustle that the defense um, rallies to the ball with, I think lends to me feeling a little bit more confident in them against uh, the offense. Mm-hmm. Now, I also kind of feel that way because Philly kind of gave us, I don't, you know, I don't think you can have Jordan Davis and, um, uh, Jalen Carter in the middle of your defensive line. We don't have that. Uh, yeah, but but, we, but we've got we have we've something got like a that. Really good defensive line with guys yeah. that play the run well. We've got multiple guys who can get pressure on you. Omenhu comes back. He I was going to say with Omenhu really well coming back. Yep. So I, I just it's weird to have this much confidence in the chiefs defense, this, this deep into the season, but as long as that team stays healthy and I mean, we've, we, I believe at this point, we're going to not have Nick Bolton for as much as we've had him. And Drew Tranquil, again, another in beach, we trust sign mm-hmm. a backup linebacker who's athletic as hell. And now he's your starting middle linebacker and he is balling out and he's finding, we've got, I think four or five linebackers that could see the field for this team. And Spags is finding ways to get Drew Tranquil on the field um, as well as Bolton, I believe when they were both playing last, last week in the, the start of the season. But Drew Tranquil is more than capable of, of manning the middle of that defense. Um, I think Mike Edwards, the third safety, I think that that guy and how often Spags runs that three safety setup. Um, also lends to some of my belief in the defense matching up with with the wide receiver core. Uh, Waddle has not. Waddle has the potential to go off, uh, but he hasn't had like a real big game yet this year. So hopefully that doesn't happen against us. Hopefully he's still got some of those lingering issues he's dealing with. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Selfishly as a Chiefs fan, unselfishly, he's on my fantasy bench. I would <laughs> like to see him go off, but um, just take that week off, extra week off, buddy, and come back the next week after that. Yeah, I, I mean, my wide receiver core is is uh, is in a state that I'd love to see the Chiefs wide receiver core. It's just stacked with number ones, stacked with right ones right now. Nice. Um, but I'm I am I'm very curious to see the Miami Dolphins defense. Um, against the Kansas City Chiefs offense because um, their defense has played pretty well so far mm-hmm. this season. Um, and when they get Ramsey back and when they get Howard back, that that changes the whole dynamic of that defense. When Kater, oh, for sure. When their number one corner gets to go back to being the number three, uh, that's a big deal to your defense. So 
Um, though that's the big worry that I have is um, the Chiefs offense hasn't looked the best it can all season long. Uh, I feel like the last two or three years, that's kind of been the theme is I'm super confident in the Chiefs, but because I know what they can do, they just mm-hmm. haven't done it yet. They, you know, we can have an A game on offense and it's a D game on defense. You can have an A game on offense, on defense, and a C game from the offense. And when we get two, three A games, you know, special teams, offense, and defense, um, it's going to be a sight to behold. So hopefully, hopefully the ball starts rolling in Germany. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the one thing that I'm excited to see for sure, uh, just like you said, um, I mean, I feel like the, the team has been doing a good job of progressing throughout the, the throughout the weeks. Um, but this is definitely the 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 toughest opponent I feel like that, that they've played so far and um, the first uh, playoff opponents that they've played since, since Detroit. So and, and we all know what happened with the first one. Um, so hopefully we can come out victorious. The one thing that I feel um, is going to um, play a factor, um, and and maybe maybe not. I hope not to be honest, but it, it's it's played a factor in in. I feel like in some of the uh, overseas games, but I know that the Chiefs are not expected to travel until Friday. I believe. Um, so they're planning a practice here and then leave Friday, which is typically what they do. But one of the things that I've noticed, uh, uh, that teams have been doing this year, um, is leaving the week early. So pretty much leaving on Monday or say, yeah, exactly. I know the Jacksonville did that and I know the Baltimore did that and they both came out victorious and they all said that that helped them out. Um, um, you know, preparing for that game the whole week, you know, let them, let them, gave them the ability for their bodies to catch up and on sleep, rest, and all that. Even though they, one of the players uh, from Baltimore, I was reading that was saying that even though um, their mind and, and, you know, was there, was ready, you know, their body necessarily wasn't there yet, you know, so giving them a whole week off. Or a whole week there um, helped them out tremendously. Uh, so I know that one of the that's one of the things Miami's going to do. Um, we are not taking that approach. So it's it's not, it, I'm curious to see how that does. If if we start you know ruggedly, which we normally have been playing, you know, starting pretty rugged. So I wonder if maybe we start a little too slow. I, I don't know. Some of the teams that I've noticed that that have been doing that necessarily don't play well. So I know Buffalo did that and they that's they got beat. Um Tennessee did the same and and they didn't play well, so we'll see. Mhm. Yeah, there's there's a lot like I said, there's a lot of moving parts going into these overseas games that um tend to to lend themselves towards just chaos. Just chaos. Mm-hmm. And, and even and I know that everybody will will probably want to make a lot of things of it if we lose but even if we do lose i don't necessarily feel it's gonna like hurt our chances um for anything to be honest yeah i i will say i uh 99.9 99 agree with that it because it, it does it, it does matter like how the loss happens 
right there is a small 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 chance that it could look really bad and it's like okay we don't know how, what do we do to stop that how do we figure that out how do we keep them from pressuring here or whatever um but yeah i think even if we lose this game in, in germany against miami um the the sky is not falling in my opinion right 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 i mean the record i mean what the the miami dolphins are five and two and especially with the division that they're with with the bills and um well and they're not really the jets but the jets have a good defense so maybe um i feel like they're definitely they're definitely gonna uh lose more games here here um later on then the only really other rough game that we have besides miami is philly and I feel very confident that we can beat Philly. Um, I don't necessarily feel confident that we can beat Miami uh, in 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 Germany. If if this game was in Miami or here, I would 100% put money on that. Yeah, if this game was an Arrowhead, I'd, <clears throat> I'd probably favor the Chiefs by by even more. Yeah, for sure. Um, just looking at one last note to kind of throw in, just something that I I noticed. I was just looking at the Chiefs box scores. The Chiefs have been closer to 400 yards of offense uh, far more often than not this season. They basically have two games on the year with less than 390 yards of offense. Mm-hmm. So even with the offense, in our opinion, not living up to potential, um, it's still really, really good. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, for sure. And like I said, in this, Pat, this- we trust. Oh yeah, in Pat and we very and Andy and Patrick. We trust. Yeah, sorry, so, Patrick's mother. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry, um, Mama, Ke- uh, Ma- Mama Mahomes. Mama Mahomes. I think her name is starts with a R. I think it's like Ruby or something like that. Yeah. Um, Brooke. I think it's her name. Now, now we're gonna have to research it. Um, but, um, but yeah. Um, Randy Martin, Randy. I, that's I knew it was something, mm-hmm. something like that. Shout out um, you, Randy. We're, we're shout try, out to we're, you, Randy. We're trying to do better. We're trying to use Patrick. Exactly. We're trying to use Patrick. exactly. We're gonna we're, yes, Patrick. I know because Pat is the the dad. Patrick is the son. So, all right. Well, that's pretty much everything I've got uh, that I want to ramble to the people. You got anything you want to add? Um, no, the only thing, uh, just lastly, uh, Bill's, uh, Tampa today. Uh, who do you got? Yeah. Yeah. That'll be, uh, that'll be a fun one. I, uh, will probably, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you that. Who well, do you got? I'm going to go with, I'll take Tampa Bay. Yeah. You got Tampa today. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Could I think uh, could be bounced back for Buffalo, but they've just looked they've just looked weird. And uh, with their offense being the weird side of it, and the defense having a bunch of injuries, I just kind of believe I believe in the in the Bucks defense. Uh, that defense mm-hmm. is sharp. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Buffalo wins here. I don't necessarily think um, Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen is going to look to look like the super super Josh Allen that he normally likes to play. Um, I think because Tampa Bay's defense is really well, I think they'll they'll stop him, but I don't think they'll do enough to stop him. So I think Bill comes, the Bills come uh, victorious in this one. 
but not necessarily by much. I think it's like a, you know, like a 24 to, you know, 19 game or something like that. I think I'm guaranteed to be upset at my decision to not start Mike Evans over Brees Hall. What will most likely happen, which whoever I start is going to have the the worst game of the two. That's how that's what I <laughs> Hey, listen, I, you've been doing pretty good. So I don't you never know. You never know. That's the way it's been working out for me. Well, for I, sure. I lost. I had my second <laughs> loss last week because I uh, the guy on the bench out outscored the, the guy that I decided to go with. Yeah. And that's most had his worst week that he's had all year. So that doesn't help either. Yeah, that's normally what's been happening for me, mm-hmm. for sure. I feel you. I feel you. All right. On that note, deuces. Deuces. Uh, look out proud. for. Yep. Look out for a guest uh, speaker. We might be having a guest speaker next week, but we'll we'll let you know more on that. And so... Shout out Hot Shots Pro Wash for all your surface cleaning, hood cleaning needs. HotShotsProWash.com. Yep. Hot. Shout out to shot to Hot Shots. Deuces, idiots out. Idiots out.